This is Meet the Movie Press. It's June the 14th, 2019 on the show this week. Dr. Sleep. Everybody's talking about it. Scrooge you, Kevin Hart. Who are you going to call? Old Ghostbusters. Plus, uh, Men in Black International and other movies reviewed, the box office and more. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now. Here's Popcorn Talks, meet the movie press. This is Moot the Movie Press. It is June the 14th, 2019. Hello, my name is Simon Thompson. Uh, Simon Thompson. Shyman Thompson for some reason. Uh, you can find me on uh, social media, Twitter and Instagram at Showbiz Simon. You can find this show uh, at Meet Movie Press on Twitter. A uh, lot to get through on the show this week. My cast are here. My panel are here. <laughs> Hello. Uh, Dimitri and Scott. Dimitri, first of all, who are you and where can we find Scott, you, please? Scott, changed. <laughs> Hello. 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 Uh, you can find me right here at Popcorn Talks. Network's uh, Meet the Movie Press and at Dimitri Panos, my new Twitter moniker yes. thingy. So, yes, at Dimitri Panos made it easy. Now you just have to learn how to spell Dimitri. Scott Mantel, <laughs> who are you? Where can we find you? Uh, we live entertainment.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the other Scott M. Fantastic. Uh, and also, if you want to take part in the show this week, you can take part in the chat if you're watching live, uh, as always, on YouTube. Uh, if you would like to call into the show, uh, then feel free. The number is 424-354-8302. That's 424-354-8302. Uh, if rather than having super broad topics like, why is Batman blah, 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 blah. <laughs> if you want to keep it towards things we're talking about on the show, that would be fantastic. We'd really appreciate that. That number, again, is actually listed in the chat. It's 424 424- Three five four eight three zero two guys. I was away last week. Thank you very much, Scott, for, for no filling problem. this chair. Much appreciated. Um, yeah, it's been a bit of a quiet week this week. Uh, very on much. The, on last the, on week the was quiet stuff. too. Last yeah. week was a bit of a. It's the summer season, guys. It's the summer season. <laughs> summer. Uh, yes, the the, 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 home, the, the news is as sleepy as the box office. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, we're going to get to this week's movie releases, um, and there are a few, some of which we have seen, some of which we have not. Uh, but first of all, let's talk about probably the thing that most people have been talking about the most this week that is the trailer for Doctor Sleep dropped yesterday a lot of anticipation for this the response to it has been pretty much across the board very positive and very excited I have to say I'm very much looking forward to the movie anyway but having seen that trailer now even more so uh, Scott your thoughts on this first of all. I think it looks awesome yeah seriously I, I was not expecting this trailer to do anything for me but honestly I am so pumped for November 8th to come to see this movie it looks epic yeah, it really does. Yeah, it looks really good. I, I was excited. I had read the book, really loved the book. Mm-hmm. Um, as, found, as soon as we found out who was directing, and then the casting, I was like all, all on board. The trailer just solidified everything that I had hoped that it could be, and it, it just looks like a really great trailer. So now we're going to get It Chapter 2, <laughs> and then uh, this Doctor Sleep. And so, you know, if this Stephen King person continues, he could have a career. <laughs> I think he could do yeah, quite well. He yeah. should do more writing. Yeah. I think should. He should. He, he should really do books. Should. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just hope that this movie, which contains lots of Easter eggs from oh my uh, gosh, from yeah. The Shining, which is great, lots of recreated shots. The only shot they used in the trailer from the original movie was the Blood Elevator, right? Um, which is a great band name, by the way. Blood Elevator! Next <laughs> on stage already! Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it genuinely looks really 
really creepy. And I do love a creepy movie and a creepy ghost story type thing over and above anything I think that is particularly... Um, I, I mean, I love gory horror movies. You know, I do yeah. love a good slasher. Um, but something that is a bit more psychological, I think, that really fucks with your mind. Yeah. Actually, I really like it. <laughs> I'm just hoping that, obviously, Doctor Sleep, they do do a reversion of uh, Gloria Estefan's Doctor Beat. Duck, 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 Sleep. One for the kids there. One for the kids. Gloria Estefan, a very popular pop music artist these days. And remember, you can call in today at 425 And ask for me to be removed. Let's talk about the chat first of all. Timely reference. Very good. It's like you've done this before. Enjoy it while it lasts, folks. Lots of people in the chat. Carney Egan is there. Good morning. And happy Friday, movie fans. Happy Friday to you, Carney. BlackRock316. Good morning to everybody. Hugh Jennings. Simon, are we now going with non-gender specific in black. No, we are not. Uh, Skunkape, hello, Skunkape, hello. I think there's an echo. Uh, Chad Schultz, hello, long-time listener to the podcast since before Simon with Jeff. Ooh. Wow. Uh, but was able to watch for the first time today. Well, Chad. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, we hope you like what we've done with the show. Uh, the really important part about the show is you guys, uh, because without you guys, the show is completely pointless and there's no point in us doing right. it. So use it or lose it, my friends, True. is what I would say. Spread the word. We really appreciate it. Feedback's always appreciated. And if you're watching live, do take part in the chat. We always really love hearing from you guys because we could just do this in a bar. I mean, we would just do this in a bar. We often do do this in a bar. But obviously, if someone else is watching, and we know you like to watch, um, it makes it more interesting and kind of more pointless. It's reasons that we continue to live. So going back to Doctor Sleep, um, what are you kind of expecting from this movie? What do you really want to see? I mean, obviously, this is a little bit of what we often complain about on the show. It's like, as a fan, I would like to see in the show. Do you want to see it do something different to The Shining or do you want to see it replicate I mean a lot of the musical tones from The Shining a lot of the beats from The Shining do you want a, a, a Kubrick-esque delivery or do you really want because this is a very different story something completely different as I'm, a companion I would just wanted to build upon what's what's already there yeah. um, and still almost be a throwback in a lot of ways which mm. I kind of get from this trailer kind of a reminder Um but I'm all about the world building. You know, yeah. I, I, I love when I get a little bit more depth to something that I've already loved. Yeah. And there's very few films that I think have done that successfully. Mm -hmm. This looks like it's going to do that. And um, that's, that's what I'm excited about seeing. Yeah. yeah. And again, having, uh, having read the book, uh, this is Danny's story. Uh, and it, it's... it's Again, I'm not going to spoil anything. You can read the book. <laughs> I mean, it's out there. What's I was, reading? I was going to say. Yeah, what's reading? What's yeah. reading? What is reading? What, what Stephen King did was, was I thought, I thought he did a really great job. Yeah. Uh, because now we're seeing an adult Danny dealing with the shine uh, and, and all those around him and his life today. And I thought that it was really done very well, uh, very Stephen King-esque. Mm. Uh, so I, I'm really looking forward to this adaptation, and the trailer just made me that much more excited. Mm. Uh, so I know where the story goes. It'll be interesting to see. Listen, Michael uh, uh, Flanagan is a fantastic director yes. in this. Um, yep. You know, I, I noticed him since that Ouija the beginning, I, I believe. Uh, yeah, that, like, I, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. it was the sequel, yeah. Yeah. which Origins was of evil. To, the terrible, of evil. to the terrible, to the terrible, terrible first Ouija one. Movie. Yeah, and I don't even know how you recover 
from the first one, but he did. But yeah. you know what? So there are some great directors who've done that in the last couple of years because Ouija and Annabelle were both oh, yeah. really terrible yes. movies. And the, the, the prequels to those movies, which were the, the sequel prequels, um, they were phenomenally way above those original movies. Yeah. So we're seeing that a lot. And I think it's part of these directors who aren't necessarily so close to the subject material, but really get the the beats and the tropes of a genre, but don't just replicate them. They really find a creative way of utilising them. Mm-hmm. What have people done before and how can we take it further? Yeah. And that, I think, is really creative filming. And Mike is one of those people who did it with um, with uh, the, 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 the miniseries that was on Netflix. Haunting of Hill House. Yes, right? Haunting yeah. of Hill yeah. House, um, which if you haven't seen the original Haunting movie, The Haunting, Black and White. Yeah. Um, not the 90s. Not the 90s. Right. Although, actually, I kind of... And that's a terrible movie. It's okay. Movie, it's, it's okay. It's dumb but, fun. Like, but, but, but the watch original. The Robert Wise. Yes. Watch the Robert yeah. Wise one, seriously. That is like a PG rated movie. I don't think it's even PG 13. And it is one of the creepiest movies oh, I have ever seen. It's up there with the likes of The Changeling and stuff like that, as far as <laughs> movies that really get your sphincter twitching when it comes to the supernatural. So, the Rocking uh, Chair. The Rocking Chair. Oh, oh yeah. my God. Right. The, the, the Dude, chair. that is a trope that's been used so many times oh, yeah. in horror movies. Robert and Wise. then that one, yeah, just yeah. you know, so, genuinely. Also, going back to yeah. Flanagan and the other directors we were talking about, but they also love movies. Uh, outside of that's, the genre, they love and study it. movies. And so. loving movies is not knowing something to the nth minuscule degree. It's no. understanding but, the the meat. Yeah, and it's having an appreciation because yeah. that's what I loved about that Origins of Evil, that Ouija movie, is that if you saw it in a movie theater. You know, Michael, he actually put in the real change dots. Like, he made it look as if the movie was filmed in the 70s. And he made it look as if, even though it was shot digitally, what you're able to do, he made it look as if it were on 70s film. Mm. One of those things that just blew me away while I was watching it going... I shouldn't be seeing real change dots. This is digital. That's awesome. Made me love the movie more. But it was a cinematic experience because you don't get that when you watch it on cable and or Blu-ray. No, 100%. It's one of the reasons I love watching a a lot of classic movies. I went to see The Shining at the Egyptian about a year ago. Uh And it's due to, I think it's in the next next couple of days, the next week or so, it's showing at the Egyptian um, here in LA again. And I really love going and watching these these original prints of these movies with the enamel strikes and the slightly warbly sound soundtrack and you know not all the reels are the right color because you genuinely when it comes to atmosphere in a movie it's some of the aesthetics it's some of the visual beats like that and it's some of the optics that really they do elevate it they add that extra bit of oh that that shouldn't be there that shouldn't be that way and it's that little bit of like a wonky wheel yep where it makes all the difference. It really helps, Scott. I just want to also just say real sure. quick, it's, it's very, you know, we've, we've been talking about Dr. Sleep mm. and The Shining. And I want to say that it's very important how movies and TV shows constantly bring up older movies for yeah. newer generations. 100%. So, you know, I think of the Stewie Griffin uh, <laughs> joke about Red Rum. Yeah. Uh, but more recently, I think about Ready Player One. Yes. And, and and how, you know, when I was at South By, they did not want us to spoil the Shining scene. They, mm-hmm. they asked in every review that that would be keep, keep kept completely under wraps. And I think because 
you know, there's always new generations getting into film and television, yeah. that it's nice to have movies like Ready Player One that rehash and kind of remind people and maybe introduce people for the first scene. Like, oh, that was an awesome scene. And then they talk to someone and like, yeah. oh, you know what that scene was from? The Shining. He's like, oh, i never seen that. And then it makes a new fan. Well, a really good example of this yeah. is there's, there's a farmer's market uh, here in Hollywood that my wife and I go to every single weekend. Um, and one of the guys on one of the food stores, the guy we regularly buy food from, a really good guy called Andres, who really loves movies. And he is desperately trying to add depth to his film knowledge. Um, some things I'm like, how did you not know that? But I'm literally doing him a list of 100 movies that I think he should watch from the last 40 to 50 years that are constantly either a huge influence in or are continually referenced that he may not have seen. Right. Um, and he's super grateful and he's thirsty for this stuff insanely thirsty so um yeah i think i think it's really great and it's really it's really satisfying to me as someone who loves film um to see other people with that level of enthusiasm and wanting to attain an understanding and a love of film and like i say it's not to the you know not to the degree where you suddenly have to become a member of the academy and you know every <laughs> single nth degree and every single blade of grass it's not that minutia it's just understanding the rich depth and and the, and the unavoidable referential elements that are in cinema. I mean, right. so I, there's never I never talk to a director who's not influenced by another piece of work. Absolutely, there's always an influence. I uh, agree. So one final comment from you, Jimmy. Do you have anything else? No. To say well, this? yeah. I mean, to your point too, it's like because you had said I think it was a few months ago, mm. like you, you put out homework and said. Go watch a movie that you've never We're seen. We're going to pick before. up on that again next and, month, by the way. And 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 I love doing that on Turner Classic Movies. As far as the referential stuff you were talking mm. about, you know, Steven Spielberg once not too, not too long ago when talking about Jaws said that he was uh, uh, he was highly very influenced from Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah. Particularly the part um, when Julie Adams is swimming. Mm-hmm. And you see he goes, "Yeah, when Chrissy Watkins is swimming." And when you compare the two scenes, you go, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yep. Later in the movie, he does it again while the gentlemen are on the orca. And I love learning about that stuff because they're, they're movies that I, I've watched. I love. I may not have put the connection together myself, but now that I know it, I can't unsee it. And it's great. And it makes that movie watching experience. 100%. A lot of people in the chat talking about this today. I uh, love the ending of the Doctor Sleep trailer with the shining music. <clears throat> Absolutely. That's from uh, uh, Miguel. Uh, hey, Miguel. How are you doing? Uh, Zeno Hour Doctor Sleep trailer leaned a little bit too much into the shining movie, IMO. Uh, however, still a damn good trailer. Skunk Ape. I have very mixed feelings about this. Some shoots hmm. look really nice. Some shots look really nice. And Ewan McGregor looks great as always. But the creature uh, lo- looks like something from a 90s TV miniseries. Uh, not a good sign. I think that'll be sorted out. Don't worry too much about that. It ain't Sonic with teeth. Chad <laughs> um, <laughs> Schultz. Uh, I would love Doctor Sleep uh, in the same Kubrick tone, but with a few elements of The Shining. Uh, but to do its own thing, it's a great book for everyone uh, who's interested. Uh, I love the Red Rum poster. I do, absolutely. Uh, the Real YT. Hi, everyone. Hi, The Real YT. Hi. Uh, the original is an awesome film. You are correct in that, The Real uh, YT. Uh, you can stay in the chat. Uh, Miguel adding in this. Uh, well, I guess because the general public don't know about the connection and need them to get on board. I personally don't know about the connection. I will read it. You should absolutely read it. Uh, Zeno Hour. Simon. Uh, so when does Mike Flanagan pull a James Wan and make a studio tentpole movie? Next. Yeah, soon. Very soon. Yeah. Very soon. Very soon. Um, it's, you know, it's it's great. Uh, I, I would expect summer 2021. 
Yeah. Summer 2021. Uh, Skunk Cape, I am not a fan of Ouija Origin of Evil. It's an okay movie with some good acting. Uh, it looks very good, though. I see Mike Flanagan as a very uneven director. Sure, I mean, Mike has had his stumbles. I mean, there was a movie that was due to be released here with Jacob Tremblay, and it went straight to uh, oh, Netflix yeah. over here. I wasn't a massive fan of that. I wasn't a massive fan of Oculus, to be honest with you. Um, but Hush, mm. I thought, was great. Um, that's Again, that's on Netflix. Um, I really enjoyed Ouija. I think he's been he's done a steady progression, but also he hasn't he hasn't rested on his laurels at all. He's always all his projects he's bitten off something that's very big. I mean for his first real major movie to be Oculus. I mean that is a it is a complex movie with a lot of skill needed to be able to just literally shoot the fucking thing right. because of what is involved in that technically. Absolutely. So he's a guy that's gone out with there, you know, sort of swinging and mm. he's you know more often than not the punches are landing. Yeah. So I I'm pretty consistent with him. He's more consistent I think as a younger filmmaker as right. a greener filmmaker than I think a lot of people who have yeah. been given even yeah. greater chance in Hollywood right now. I, I have a lot of faith in him. I mean, obviously, he's kind of like any director will have a misstep, but I think it's fine. Um, one more from Miguel. Uh, you can tell when a movie miniseries is a Mike Flanagan. His cinematography is yes. brilliant, which harks right. back yes. to my point about the work in Oculus. Okay, guys, let's move on. Uh, while I was a... Jesus Christ, I leave Hollywood for four days. I go to Washington and Kevin Hart does another remake. Um, <laughs> this time... I can't leave that man alone for five minutes, can I? <laughs> Uh, Jesus Christ, I wish, Kevin. I really wish you would. I know. Uh, he's asked me to, and so has the judge. Uh, Scrooge remake from Kevin Hart is in the work of Paramount. No. Uh, no. I did, as I tweeted, we're remaking remakes of remakes. Yeah, we'll get to that uh, later on as well. There's and, more of that this week. And it's... I personally, I enjoy Scrooge. I love Scrooge. I, I, liked, yeah. I like. Remember going to see the movie theater? Yep, Great fun. I was here. pretty much alone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, I I enjoyed that movie. I just don't know why we need Scrooged. Like, just if you just do do a Christmas Carol, but do we need another Christmas Carol? No, yeah. is the question. Hey, here's a better idea. Stop do original this. movies. Whoa! Or why don't we just animate it? Let's do the reverse engineering of Disney, like the Spice movie, the Spice Girl movie that's <laughs> yeah. coming. Oh, that's going to be animated, animated movie. Yeah. Hey, on today on movies nobody asked for. <laughs> Scrooged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And Spice Girl. I, I just, itself. I kind of, I kind of get the idea, but this to me. It harkens back to a really weird time in cinema about sort of 10 or 15 years ago. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Where they were like, let's take a movie and just make it black. And the (laughs) audience that they aimed it for, and I I believe you can do this very successfully, but even the audience started to kind of look at it and go, Nah. You're making Honeymooners? Yeah. You, honeymoon is great example, and it's like when you it, this. It's like in the, and similarly the about phase where it's like night. make a TV show about last night. Make a TV that show. That was actually good. Make a TV show into a movie, and it's like, hey, here's another. And it doesn't necessarily land before time. And there seems to be this constant reliance. Is like let's and sometimes it can work, and sometimes it cannot. But if you do something new. I think you can actually be very successful with this. If you just flip it, mm-hmm. I and you don't really have anything new to add to it. But like I say, you can be, in, like you say, you can be inspired by something else Absolutely. and do something new. Sure. Like, you know, we're seeing, you know, female Father Christmas movies. What's which wrong is with that? great. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing. Absolutely. Flip it, but give it a reason. Right. If you're just going to do this, I don't, I just don't, it, 
I mean, I don't know. I what? also feel like Kevin Hart right now. They need to tone it down a little bit with him. Like yeah. it's it's there's this. Period I love of, Kevin Hart. Me but... too, but it's like they're using him too much, and I feel like they're gonna like wear him out very quickly, and like people they're are starting get... to do that with Tiffany Haddish. Oh, we already know that. Yeah, I mean, but also if you if you want to if you one of the reasons you want to make these movies is to provide more opportunities in Hollywood for. Right. Um, for representation, there are more than three yes, black yes, actors. Yes, yes. Yep, yes, I mean, are. Kevin Hart and Tiffany Haddish are brilliant, and I love the majority of what they do. But it's exactly the same that they've done with Rebel Wilson oh my and God. Amy Schumer. Yes. We need a larger white woman. Let's get those two. Right. And they burnt. They right. have burnt. Yeah. Don't have just... Come on now. And they need better projects. Better too. projects. So their agents or whoever is managing them needs to help them. Uh, but I want to, going back to Scrooge, right? When was the last, in, in, in your minds or memory, when was the last very successful Christmas movie? Well, I mean, here's, here's actually a funny point. The most successful Christmas movie in the last couple of years is Grinch, which is okay. uh, the, 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 the one that the came, one out, came last out last year, year. the Illumination, yeah. which is the most successful Christmas movie of all time, <clears throat> unadjusted for inflation. Right. Um, I did a piece uh, for Forbes on this last Christmas, and that was number two, but after that was written, it's now become the number one. But the most most successful one before that was a number of years ago, which well, I think oh, was The Grinch. The Jim Carrey one, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I can Wait, check this. Was it, was it more so than... Uh, well, I'm just asking, oh, yeah, like, the what's box your office favorite, has it, right? one? Because uh, let me for just me... Love, actually. No, I see, I, it, it's a Christmas movie. It's, to me, it was, like, I'm talking, like, pure Christmas movie. To, for me, it's Elf. Oh, Elf, Elf was, was great. Really Elf was great. great. Proper Christmas so movie. It's, it's, so why don't you try... It just seems to be hard to make a good Christmas movie. Uh, Bad Mom's Christmas didn't work for me. No, that did not um, work for me either. And it's that was a it, terrible film. It wasn't. <laughs> it good. really was a terrible film. Um, it had potential, but it uh, yeah. I'm it's just because they were so worried about doing the spinoff. That's right. why. And I don't know. It's it just seems to be hard to make a Christmas movie. I don't. Krampus was great. Krampus I, I enjoyed fun, Krampus, but, it, but again, yeah. nobody really went to see it. No. Um, but I mean, Scrooge, I think has be, has become a really popular movie. Yes, but it wasn't a successful movie when it came out originally. Did okay, and you had great talent behind it. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I just Richard Donner, Bill Murray, Carol Kane, Richard Donner, Blitzen, Nancy Allen, yeah. <laughs> Roger Rudolph, <laughs> Blitzen, whoever else, Judy, yeah. Sleepy, we can't seem to get the end. Sleepy, da, just sleepy one. one. But yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's, it has definitely been a while. It has been it a while. Been. Um, let's see what people in the chat are saying about this. Uh, Skunkcake. Ooh, the Bill Murray movie. Now it's connected. Why? Exactly. Uh, Blackrock three one six. Do we need Scrooge? There are so many of no. them showing on cable around Christmas holidays. No. Uh, would Simon's head explode if Kevin Hart did a Blumhouse movie? I'd actually quite like that. Um, <laughs> uh, Zeno Hour. The real question is: Will Tiffany Haddish be in this remake as well? No, you know I, I, I don't. I don't think so. Um, nope. I, the real YT, I am so tired of Tiffany Haddish that she plays the same roles. Um, absolutely. People suggesting uh, Regina King, uh, Regina King, uh, Regina Hall. Uh, I mean, there are there are so many people who could star in this. But I have a feeling that, again, or, I mean, and, and this is something I've, I've spoken to Taraji about before. Taraji P. Henson is great. She's done some really great uh -huh. things. And yet Hollywood continues to put her in things that they... 
she she's not right for. But no. it's like, well, she's she's kind of a name, and I'm like, no, I just I would like if they're gonna do this, great Kevin Hart involved, but everyone else I think should be new talent. <clears throat> I mean, one of the strengths of Instant Family was, yes, you had two leads in that that were really good. But the best elements of the film were where you were completely unstructured by having these younger members of the cast right. at a time where it's a, holly, a, a holiday movie. It came out around Thanksgiving where yeah. you really have this warm and fuzzy feeling. You're Absolutely. not distracted by celebrity. You go to see it because it's a great movie rather than who's in it. Xeno uh, Hour, A Christmas Carol by Lars von Trier, you cowards. Uh, <laughs> oh, now that'd be good. Sure. Uh, Scott Cape, this was universe? unexpected for sure. This idea sounds so weird to me. Uh, it almost becomes an original idea. I wouldn't have thought of this for sure. I don't know. I think it's I think it's too obvious. Uh, Cam Egan, I loved Carol Kane, one of the ghosts in Scrooge. Who doesn't? Uh, Chad Schultz, I wonder what role The Rock will play. Uh, he's he's going to be the Christmas tree. Yeah. Uh, Senor Nerd, I would be all for a Kevin Hart Scrooge remake. If he gets The Rock as the ghost of Christmas future. Uh, Cammy Egan, Kevin Hart is hilarious, but his 15 minutes are almost up. I really think that Hollywood is burning him a little bit. They I mean, are. Uh-huh. But we saw earlier this year with the movie that he did, the remake of the French movie, um, with Brian oh, Cranston, right. The Upside. Yeah. Actually, that did really, really well. And to be honest with you, it was... I, I, even I after the thing. backlash. Even after yeah. the backlash. You know, and that was at the time where obviously the, the treats had come up, where it was around the Oscars, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, so that did really well. So, I mean, there's clearly an audience for Kevin. I just think it's a little bit lazy. And I just yeah. think this, this, I, don't, I mean, obviously Kevin Hart has a very wide audience, which is a very mixed audience, but right. this does smack to me of those, the Wayans brother eras of movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. and I just, I just, it just doesn't, I don't think anybody really wins there. Yeah. I just I, don't think anybody wins. Your word of lazy is perfect. Yeah. That's okay, what it is. let's move on to Ghostbusters 2020. Uh, sequel, obviously, has confirmed now uh, to bring back uh, Sigourney Weaver, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, and Bill Murray. We knew just after the show last week that Sigourney Weaver was likely to be coming back. Uh, what do you think about this? One of the biggest things that people had with the last Ghostbusters movie was the fact that the guys weren't in it as the Ghostbusters. They did these cameo roles. Thoughts on this, Scott? I think it's... Uh, I think they're also going to do a nice little tribute. I, I have a feeling, a gut feeling to Harold Ramis. Yeah. I, I feel like something's going to be in there. Um, the thing that's interesting, it's almost like a pass, passing of the torch, right? With mm. with Jason doing this movie. Um, and I know, like, this th- this franchise, I feel like, has the... It's probably outside of Star Wars and like the Marvel movies. I feel like has so much either like love hate with this the, uh-huh. the, these movies. Like I, I man, it's amazing. But I think he's going to do it right. I really do. I, I don't. I think the problem with the remake of incorporating the older characters where they just felt thrown in. Mm. I feel like Jason's a, a really good writer, and he's been doing this for a long time. He's learned from his father. He's going to make them, he's going to add them into the story in some way, I feel like. So they're going to have a purpose as opposed to just being a glorified cameo that just happens because, oh my God, look, it's Bill Murray. Yeah. I believe the only reason why they're doing this movie is because of him, yes. is because of the right mentality. Yes, I agree. Right? So, and. It is bringing the family, it's it's the family come full circle, right? Mm. It's a family reunion of sorts. Ivan, I'm sure, is going to have his fingerprints as suggestions. Yes. As, of course, I mean, Dan Aykroyd is always going to be putting in his two cents. So I'm really looking forward to this, Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, but I, I'll be honest, I was looking forward to the last Ghostbusters, again, because of the talent that was involved. Yeah. 
then I saw it. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> but I'm just, but like, but this one in particular, it just sounds like they're doing everything right. And I think the reason why all these pieces are coming together is because of the Reitman name and family. Yeah, I think it's absolutely the right decision to do. I mean, obviously, a lot of this stuff, the, the heritage stuff, is going to be front and center sure. and right up front. But seriously, I think this movie is going to have more Easter eggs than you know grocery store shelves <laughs> of December twenty sixth. I swear to God, this is going to be like boom, Cadbury's cream egg, yeah. God, Ghostbusters references. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I mean, I, I'm really excited. Funky. Well, I mean, the, the whole thing about the Ghostbusters movie, aside from the great ideas behind it, even the, even the second one, is is the guys, the main characters, the, the chemistry between them which even though as you know as I did not massively dislike the the Ghostbusters remake uh, or the, the reimagining um, it, the, the chemistry didn't seem to be there and it didn't have the right it, this is this is lightning in a bottle those guys who put together for Ghostbusters a lot of them were at the peak of their game at the time and they were huge stars and there was something about that lightning in a bottle you capture it sometimes in Hollywood and sometimes it doesn't quite work sometimes it's good we'll talk about Men in Black later but sometimes you don't um, <laughs> but yeah but this is this really was that, it, it, that this was the oil of the engine this was the fuel that kept that ticking and to bring this in and i don't know how you know important they're going to be in this or what the things are i think it's absolutely the right decision i agree with everything you guys have said on this um ghostbusters is a movie for me it appears that it it's one of those handful of movies and i think the 80s produced these movies perhaps more than any other decade um which continue to have outside of star wars in the 70s perhaps where generation after generation after generation know this shit like it's bread and butter it's part of dna yes it's pop culture phenom Mm -hmm. in in a a cellular level scott i mean why do you think that is about the 80s yeah and especially about ghostbusters i mean it really i think you know the 80s is definitely my favorite time period for movies um and I often reference them because I feel like the big selling point of movies in the 80s were that they were very character-driven. Um, one of the things that I've noticed about a lot of comedies nowadays is that it's all about the gag. Yeah. And with them, it was all, with those, it was it was story and character yeah. in the 80s, and that was the always at the forefront mm-hmm. of almost every movie. And I feel like the reason why they work so well and why they were so memorable is because they're kind of timeless yeah. in the storytelling and the characters. Why, why it doesn't hold up like a lot of stuff nowadays doesn't work is because it relies so heavily on pop culture and what happens today. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like why you can go look at like a movie like Airplane and Naked Gun and they still work today as opposed to like Disaster Movie, Not an RT Movie and all those other movies yeah. because they are all about what's happening within the last couple of years and then in, within the last couple of years only about five or six movies really are going to stand out in about five years from now. Yeah, agree. So I think it all kind of comes down to the writing and characters first and also knowing how to um, cast. And mm. I, I think there's a big struggle nowadays with movies where they don't know how to cast. They're like, oh, who's hot right now? We need to put... Th- we, we just talked about this. Tiffany Haddish and Kevin Hart are great examples. And there were elements of that in the yeah. 80s. The likes of Stick a River Phoenix in it. Stick a, well, you know, Stick a whoever. But they were the made for those packaged. roles. Yeah. They were made... Like, yeah. Sylvester Stallone, Bruce Willis. Yeah. Arnold you know, they, Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger. They were made. John, John Candy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just was like the perfect... 
you know, character actor that was able to become like from secondary characters to this big lovable guy. Yeah. I mean, and we saw some of it in the nineties and then in the two thousands it kind of got lost. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 the other thing in the eighties too were the package deals. Like the Michaelovitz of the worlds, the CAAs, they would package actors, directors, uh music, uh, you know, go as far as the soundtrack to music. But going to Ghostbusters too, lightning in a bottle is a perfect phrase because Number one, no studio really wanted to touch it. Nobody thought it was going to work because it was blending horror and comedy. When you talk about casting, Dan Aykroyd had written it for he and John Belushi. Right. So uh, that tragically didn't come to pass, which that would have been a completely different movie. I'm not saying a bad movie. I would have been there. But the cast was lightning in the bottle and how they worked, too. So, and having Harold Ramis in there as well, who is a budding director coming off of things like Caddyshack, uh, and having these people, they were a troop. They were a troop. Mm. They, they, they hung together. People, you know, Harold Ramis uh, directed Groundhog's Day with... with um, Bill Murray. With Bill Murray. Bill Murray was in Stripes, which was directed by Reitman. They worked together. These people knew each other. We don't get that in today's no. Hollywood. We don't, we don't have a Brat Pack or a comedy troupe <clears throat> or anything like that. Not we don't, today, we don't really. even have the SNL alum in the way that we used to back then. Oh, oh, no. No. I, no. I absolutely okay, not. But occasionally what we get is you get two people who work in a movie and then you replicate that a number of times, a number of times, a number of times. <laughs> and then you get diminishing returns. Yeah. You know? Agreed. So Ghostbusters works. Uh, audiences gravitated to it because it wasn't so horrific that yeah. it would scare people away, but it was comedic. And, and you know, it's like I said, that's a pretty big Twinkie. I, <laughs> sorry, I just, I just wanted to say, like, I mean, I, I keep going back to characters. Yeah. Because when you say the word Uncle Buck, you yeah. know, you, you think of John Candy. Yeah. You know, Clark Griswold, you think of Chevy Chase. Uh, I mean, Ferris Bueller, you think of Matthew Broderick. Mm. The thing is, is that there were so many... Those are all John Hughes. Yeah, I mean, but I'm just right saying, there. like, there's there's so many names you can set. Marty McFly. I mean, you could just... You, yeah. you just associate it with. Nowadays, you say Kevin Hart's in this. Kevin Hart's in this. What role has Kevin Hart played? Do you know his character name that Kevin Hart has played? Yeah. No. I mean, I, ca- I can't think of any. No. Um, but, I mean, I think this is this is endemic with not just... Kevin Hart, I think it's, it's endemic. No, I know. With, I feel bad with, for picking on Kevin Hart. No, 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 Hart, no, no. But, but no, but this is. Well, I mean, Dwayne it's, Johnson's it's a good example. No, too. Dwayne. Yeah, I mean, Dwayne Johnson. I mean, he's you know he's the biggest movie star in the world. And I name, remember him as the Tooth Fairy. But name. That's a. Uh, cool. We'll get to that in just a second. Um, but uh, you know, and, and we can't name one, one of his characters. Really, Scorpion King. But it's in the title. Okay, we got a call uh, very quickly. Uh, hey, uh, John is on the line. Hey, John, how are you? No, this is Anthony. Oh, Anthony. Anthony. I'm sorry. It was so close to John. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, Anthony. Hey, how are you doing? Uh, I have a question, actually. Sure. Uh, uh, What's your opinion on MIB? Is it worth... uh, Is it maybe worth wasting my money on (laughs) as, as a... Men in Black fan, or don't waste my money? Well, we're going to do a full review at the end of the show, but the phrase, waste your money, um, (laughs) is very apt for this. I Um, don't think so. I I wouldn't spend money on this, to be honest with you. Um, The only thing I would think that sells this movie to spend your money on and go and see it in the theatre is the sound design by Dolby. Because the sound design on this movie, and seriously, I've seen so many movies this year where I'm going, oh, well, the sound was great. 
Oh, the soundtrack was amazing. I'll be honest with you, I was not a fan of this movie at all. I was genuinely bored. And I mean, we'll get to the full review at the end of the show. But no, honestly, Anthony, I cannot recommend this movie. Scott, you also saw it. I did not see it, actually. Oh, I you did not no, see I did it. Not see Dimitri, it. you saw I, it. I, I, give it a, I, give it a, I would give it a thumbs up compared to, to Simon. It's not fantastic. Uh, but it is I think not fantastic. Is, no, but but I, I, I think it's okay. I think it works. Tessa Thompson and I'm another is, question when you're well, done with that. Sure, um, sure. I would just uh, say go see it. Tess- answer this. Yeah. What? What? This applies to Men in Black as well. Sure. What was your favorite movie, movie, movie car of all time? Not from a superhero movie, and mine would be the Aston Martin DB5 from James Bond's Goldfinger. That's a that's a great car. That's a really great car. <laughs> I would yeah. also go with uh, I would go with the Mach Five, but I would also go with the that I mean you can't Back to the Future DeLorean. DeLorean. I was going to say, say DeLorean. That. Yeah, hands, DeLorean. Hands yeah. down it's, my it's, pants. Yeah. It's the DeLorean. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. Seriously, For that sure. for me, as much as growing up with James Bond movies and all that kind of yeah. thing, that is is hands down. Or maybe the car from I don't know Total Recall. The cab. Oh, sure. Okay, yeah. yeah. But I mean, out of the car from Blade Runner, but definitely the first movie car that always comes to my mind is the DeLorean. And yeah. the Batmobile, but I know he but said I couldn't say that. I can't say that. Wait, movie. How about the Ecto? Tim Burns, though. The Ecto-1. Ecto-1 is another one. We're talking Ghostbusters. Anthony, which one was your favorite again? The Aston Martin DB5 from Goldfinger. That's a beautiful car. I mean, I'm, I'm gorgeous. I am not a car person, but that is a beautiful car. It's in two, if I'm correct. That's the car in Skyfall. That that that's one of the beautiful the beauties of Skyfall. That nostalgia riff, and and he's driving M, and he's like, do, do you want me to do you want me to uh, shift gears on you? But yeah, it's a great car, beautiful car. So Anthony, you're thinking of going? My backup car would be the the car from John Wick. The Mustang. Oh, oh yeah, another great oh, car. The car from Bullet. Uh, yeah, we're just going to list cars now. Yeah. Uh, so, so, Anthony, are you planning to go and see Men in Black International? Because obviously, when you listen to what you know, people like us saying, critics, how much does that influence you? Would you still want to go and see it? Do you? Great what's your opinion yeah, on it? No, that's what scares me. When critics say the movie is not like, I have friends who saw it in Europe already, and they say, uh. For the nostalgia factor, go watch it, but it's not. And for Chris Hemsworth, Chris, Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson from Thor, go watch it, but it's not. The storylines were horrible. The yeah, I, I think I think this is a case where you know you're. They're trying, the studio's trying really hard to replicate the chemistry between Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones from the first movie. Now, granted, I have not seen this one, but it also has not worked as well in the second or in the third film. I'm not saying that those movies were, like, awful. I actually thought the third one was actually pretty good. Mm. I enjoyed but, it. But, mm. the, you know, the first movie was really, like, a game changer for that. And I think someone saw how well... Chris Hemsworth and Tessa work together in Thor, and they thought that they can, you know, replicate that that chemistry and that energy for this franchise. Yeah. And as someone who talks to a lot of critics, I, I just heard that no one says. I, I feel very few people have said that this movie is flat out awful. It just. It, just un- unnecessary yeah. and just mad. Something, yeah. something else, though, uh, about this, too, is I think it's an unfair comparison 
to 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 compare Hemsworth and Thompson to to Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. People seem to forget that Will Smith had already had cachet. Fresh Prince of Bel Air. He makes this phenomenal transition into movies where he does Bad Boys. Yeah. Independence Day. MIB only solidified his status, right? And These then Wild two, Wild West. Easy, Ooh. easy. We're not going there. No, he had one other movie before Wild Wild West, uh, Enemy of the State, I think, or some, But in any case, what I'm saying is, is that these two, uh, Hemsworth and Thompson, don't necessarily have that cachet behind them. Yes. Yet. Okay, but they are very good together. And there's another character, Pawnee. That's, we're we're going to review the movie at right. the end of the show. We don't want to go too I would much just say into that right go. now. Uh, Anthony, yeah, and, uh, and, uh, yeah. I have a question if you can answer this for me. Sure. I wasn't able to watch a show last week. What? Uh, with the rumors that Keanu's going into the MCU, who would you, who would you guys like him to play? Mine would be Namor. And if you guys don't like Namor, give me a choice. And who would be Namor? Who? What actor would you like to play Namor? Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Keanu Reeves. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not familiar with that character, but to be honest with you, Keanu is uh, on such a roll, and I, it still pains me that Hollywood appears to have forgotten to what to do with him for about <laughs> 10 or 15 <laughs> years. Yeah. Um, I think pretty much anything that you put Keanu Reeves in, I think he would be able to, to populate and, and fill really, replicas. really quickly. I would Personally, I would like to see him... Go darker. I love Keanu when he goes really serious and dark. Yeah. And I would love to see him actually, rather than an MCU character, I would love to see him in DC. And I think it would really Mm. add something they have a problem with is getting really well cast villains. And I mean, DC, you know, MCU stumble more than once, you know, a number of times. But I think I would actually rather see him in DC. Um, You know, seriously, and put him against Batman. Oh, yeah. Fuck me. Put him against Batman. They're they're bringing him. Henry Cavill as uh, uh, the equivalent uh, of Marvel's equivalent to Superman. I forgot what his name is. Uh, do you guys know who I'm talking about? They, they think of bringing uh, Henry Cavill as like a, a villain or that superhero that's equivalent to uh, Superman, not uh, Captain America. It. I don't. I, I don't know. I, 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 Anthony, I've also heard those rumors, but I don't. I don't know what the case is with that. Thank you so much for calling. Where are you calling from, Anthony? Uh, Florida. Hey, Florida! Florida. Fantastic. Hey. We're number one in Florida, everybody. Yay! Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, <laughs> thank you so much for calling on. We Thanks. have to move on to some other stuff now, but we really appreciate you taking the time to call in. Thank uh, you. Anthony. Don't forget to thank tell you. everybody about the show. You can like us on uh, on. Uh, you can follow us on uh, Twitter, uh, Meet Movie Press. Uh, you can also uh, like, subscribe uh, on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify. At the top of our Twitter feed, there's a list of everywhere you can see us. Thank you so much for your Anthony. We really, uh, really support that. A uh, couple of people in the chat. Zeno, I was saying Simon. You had the perfect opportunity to seg from Scrooged and Christmas movies to Blumhouse through making Black Christmas unsubscribed, uh, then followed by <laughs> The Real YT going, Black Christmas is being remade. <laughs> so not everybody knows that, but that is a perfect chance to say, Welcome to Blumhouse Corner! Blumhouse Corner! Blumhouse Corner! <laughs> <laughs> Did you <laughs> uh, Yeah, so in case you missed it, um, Black Christmas is being remade, remade. Yes. Uh, it's coming to deck the holes in blood. 
uh, from Blumhouse Productions. This was announced uh, yesterday. Uh, I'm a big fan of the original. I know a lot of people didn't like the remake that came out about 15 no. years ago. I didn't mind that. I didn't remake. mind that. I, I actually thought quite it had a enjoyed good cast, that. Too. But in Blumhouse, we trust. Sure. Occasionally a misstep, but generally they deliver. Ma. And that Ma. is great. Ma was <laughs> not a strong movie. I was not a fan of Happy Death Day to you. No, uh, I was a fan of that. Yeah, I know you were. I, I know you were. Um, I was a fan of people in it, but not the movie. And there are, there are a few of others, like, you know, uh, Unfriended, Dark Web. Yeah. The uh, uh, yeah, Truth the, or Dare. The, the, Truth the, or Dare was great. Yeah. Se- Wonderful se- sequel to uh, Sequel to things that are the, the Madonna. Uh, so yes, Black the, Christmas. Yes. Uh, guys, uh, focus. Uh, remake. Black Christmas. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Blumhouse is doing it okay. I mean, I understand too. They got a, they, they have a, a talented female director behind it as well. I, sure. Did they put this, this together third... after that backlash? Remember that whole thing? You, like, oh, it was about a year ago. Yeah, yeah man. Well, yeah. I would think it would have to be after that backlash. <laughs> but I mean, to, to, to but me, no, to... I'm talking about yeah. is that one of the reasons behind it? Because there was that whole thing I where remember. everyone was giving him lists, like here's who you should. You but should to pick. be fair, even at the time, you know, uh, uh, Jason know. came out and was like, "I actually no. work with a lot of women. I just appear to have had right. amnesia." It was uh, Jason is is uh, you you work with Jason. You work with Jason. I work with Jason. That whenever you interact with him, he. He is a man that is so unfathomably busy. He oh is never God, switched. He's on, if he's not on his phone, he's giving you the attention. Then he's not giving you the attention. He's on his phone. He is one of the hardest working people I have ever come across in the industry. And seriously, I've worked with a lot of the really big names. But he is 100% committed 100% of the time. So it is not... We talked about this at the time. It is not entirely surprised that he might have misspoke. And he's constantly going somewhere. And he's constantly going somewhere. And we always have to wonder how much of that was actually out of context. So we're just like, oh, hey, one more question. How do you feel about this? Like, oh, I'm trying to run away. And like, yeah. So, I mean, I... I know he apologized for it, but yeah. I just think it's, it was interesting. It is coincidental that a yeah. year later. Um, but I, I'm very happy for, you know, one of the writers, I think it's April Wolf. Um, she has been uh, working exceptionally hard mm-hmm. uh, towards, a, to, towards a successful screenwriting career. And she has had success. But this for her is a really... Yeah. Big thing, and I'm very excited for her. Um, I think she is a great voice. I follow her on Twitter. I love her take on things. Um, she has a very um, progressive, but not... I don't know West, the best way to describe her voice. It's very, it's very connected. Okay. And it's very informed. And every point, everything she says is very considered. And it's like, okay, yeah, I, I get that. She's a very... Very smart, a very, very connected writer. So I think this, to be honest with you, is going to have some really interesting tones. And again, we were talking earlier about playing with tropes. And I don't think some people might deal with these things in a ham-fisted way. I think we're going to see, like we see with a lot of Jordan Peele stuff, some Mm -hmm. really smart takes on things that we've seen before. I'm very excited about this. And, And I'll say this too, Black Christmas... It's one of those cult things. I mean, there there may be a mass audience that doesn't even know that there was a remake yeah. already. You know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. Because it wasn't a massive hit. No, it really wasn't a no, massive it hit. It wasn't. It wasn't like Silent Night, Deadly Night. <laughs> so, um, 
So yeah, uh, it, it's it's in Blumhouse we trust, yep. especially yes. here at uh, Blumhouse Corner. People in the chat talking about it. Uh, Skunk Ape, uh, no, 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 I mean Men in Black. We'll get to Men in Black in a bit. Uh, Pram de Roy, the first Black Christmas is a classic. I agree with you, Pram. Uh, Jenna James, new Valkyrie and Thor could not match Hancock and Thanos. Meh. Uh, yeah, a lot of people are talking about this. A lot of people are quite interested about the whole Black Christmas. As you say, a lot of people are not actually that aware of it, um, yeah. you know, as, as a movie, which I think is is really interesting. Uh, let's see anybody else talking about that in there. Uh, Michael Green going back to Doctor Sleep. We discussed at the top of the show. Uh, Doctor Sleep looks fine. I hope that Flanagan doesn't lean on my nostalgia uh, for The Shining. Uh, Stanley isn't here. Good luck, Mike. Yeah. Uh, Jenna James saying, yeah, I did not see the original Black Christmas. I think it's worth actually, and, and I know um, the New Beverly do this <coughs> often. They're, in the run-up to Christmas, they show a lot of uh, seasonal horror movies, mm-hmm. and they often do, do you know, uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. They do Black Christmas followed by Black Christmas. These movies are worth checking out. Some of them are available on various streaming platforms. It's worth checking out. Uh, my name is Simon Thompson, at Showbiz Simon on Instagram and Twitter. Dimitri Panos, who are you? Where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on, uh, follow me on Twitter or support me on Twitter at Dimitri Panos and right here in Meet the Movie Press. Scott Menzel. Sure, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the other Scott M. Fantastic. A couple of other big stories this week which we don't have time to discuss. Uh, we uh, Clint Eastwood, uh, Richard Jewell has cast I, Tonya actor and also Black Klansman Black actor Klansman. Uh, Paul Walter Hauser in lead role. If you haven't seen Black Klansman, you should do. He's the <laughs> drunk <laughs> racist. That guy's um, yeah, he's fucking phenomenal in that movie. <laughs> he's great in uh, I, Tonya too. Uh, yeah, he is. Uh, Mindy Kaling confirms that she's discussed a Miss Marvel project with Marvel Studios and also this week in superhero news uh, Black Adam uh, it looks like the guy who directed The Commuter uh, might also direct uh, Dwayne Johnson in that long brewing superhero movie uh, talk as well of something with to do with the Shazam sequel on that so we'll see what happens Yeah, um, I think if The Rock pops up on that you know, we'll, we'll wait to hear um, but I think that could be very interested okay a uh, couple of things I'd like you to check out on Forbes this week that I did uh, Sienna Miller uh, spoke to her about her new movie American Woman which I'm going to talk about in just a second uh, also we had a really interesting and very candid chat about G.I. Joe which she apologised uh, for she didn't know there was a sequel and also she explains why she thought she was horribly wrong for that um, so that's worth checking out that's on Forbes uh, and also I spoke to the director you mentioned uh, Turner Classic Movies earlier in the show uh, Field of Dreams director um, spoke to him this week um, about that movie uh, it's back in theatres for Father's Day this weekend happy Father's Day happy to all of you out there who are Father's Day uh, who are Father's Day who are Father's Day you are Father's, <laughs> uh, are father's Day father's even if it's only on that day. Oh, just for that one day, uh, which is awkward conversations to have. Um, but yeah, he, I, I spoke to DNA him about uh, Field of Dreams, the fact that it's 30 years old this year. Uh, we had a great little chat about Kevin Costner and his insight into the movie. Uh, but we also spoke about the fact that he, quote unquote, his blood curdles at the idea of a sequel or a Broadway show, which are both apparently at some point being discussed. So check oh, those out no. on no. Forbes. This week. No. Check no. those out on Forbes this week. And if you are a publication who's watching the show and you wish to use their stories, you are more than welcome to use their stories, but please credit me. I appreciate that thank you so much uh, okay out of the movies this week murder mystery dropped on netflix today yes. you've seen this adam sandler comedy apparently good question it is it is well uh, shocker yes <laughs> god what has it been since big daddy talk about guys who used to be at the top of their game right big Slitter daddy was it. probably the last probably the last great really, movie that he made yeah I like pixels you did, did. Mm-hmm. oh my I god no you know this movie rides very heavily on Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler's chemistry. Yeah. Um, I think it's good that he doesn't go whoop dee doo 
it. Turned out the movie like he actually is playing a real character. Yep. It almost feels like an homage to Clue in a lot of ways, as well as like 80s movies in general. There's a lot of mystery, but there's a lot of comedy. And yep. there's actually some great action sequences. There's a great scene featuring Jennifer Aniston driving a, I think it's a Ferrari, through the streets of Italy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's a great action scene. Um I really enjoyed this. I was shocked. Um, I thought it was engaging. We we actually did a murder mystery boat I event. I did see that, yeah. And uh, it did a little bit ruin the movie for me in terms of the twist because that w- was tied to the event that we had oh. earlier. So anyone who hasn't been to the event doesn't know anything I'm talking about. But it's, <laughs> it's surprisingly really fun. And nice surprise as well is that none of the normal... Adam Sandler cameos. Mm. You know, you expect always like David Spade or Rob Snyder or someone to pop up. No one's here. It's all like different people. And he really went to international countries to kind of pick to cast this movie. Mm. So it's a bunch of pretty much unknowns with him. And it, it really works. So out of five, how many would you give? I would say uh, three and a half. Three and a half. Also out this week, American Woman. Uh, it's not a massively wide release. That's the only place you can add a Sadler impression. Probably on a podcast. Um, American Woman. Uh, Sienna Miller is in this. Uh, also, Christina Hendricks, uh, directed uh, by uh, one of Ridley Scott's sons. Um, it's 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 a really interesting movie. I hope it's successful because uh, it is seriously the best performance I think she's ever given in her career. Uh, Sienna Miller plays a mother of a, a daughter who goes missing, and it follows her over eleven years. A lot of stuff happens to her. It's a really interesting arc for Sienna, supported by the likes of Amy Madigan as well. Um, seriously, there are so many people in this movie who've really put in great performances. American Woman probably won't be in theatres for long. If you can see this movie, it is worth seeing. It is a really great drama. Well directed, beautifully directed. Uh, the director um, had done uh, loads of uh, classic movie, uh, music videos like uh, you know for bands like Oasis and U2 and No Doubt. It, seriously, the visuals in this are absolutely amazing. So check that out. All and right. it's a great story. It's brilliantly acted too. Um, the Dead Don't Lie, Jim Jaramucci's <laughs> zombie movie. Didn't unfortunately get to see this, but I'm curious about it. You've seen it. I loved it. Okay. A lot of people are loving it's, it. It's, or it's, it's it. a very, I, I mean, and I get why. Um, you know, people often ask, you know, my wife, Ashley Menzel, who was on the show last week, yeah. if we ever disagree. And this is a perfect example of where she we did disagree. Not like this movie. She did not. She yeah. hated it. Um, she, 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 they didn't use that on the poster. Yeah, yeah, no, they did not. Um, it knows what it wants to be. It's yeah. very self-aware. It's it's a mockery not only of zombie films but also the current studio system and kind of how like hush hush certain projects are. Um, Bill Murray, I think this is the best Bill Murray's ha- has been in, in years. Adam Driver continues to shine. I mean, he really is a versatile actor who Great. kind of could do anything. And Tilda Swin, just, just, I don't know if she's ever been bad, even in that Suspiria remake, which I hated. She was great in it. But, man, she's just wacky, and she is just playing it up in this movie. And then we have Steve Buscemi as, like, this redneck from uh, the red state, is like somewhere in a red state, mm-hmm. wearing the Make America Great Again hat. I, just, it's a great cast. It, it doesn't take it doesn't take itself seriously at all. Yeah, and this is almost like Jim is trying to make a statement about the current state of mainstream cinema. And I and I went for it. I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to pay and check this out. I didn't get invited to a screening, unfortunately. I didn't have time to. Chase I, I paid for it too. Crazy busy, but I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, well, that's. 
that shouldn't happen. No, it should not. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we do it for the show, okay. which we make yeah. nothing from. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. So we're, I think we're down on that one this week. Yeah. Hey! Business. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, let's also talk about Shaft. 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 I did see Shaft. Shaft. Um, Can look, I just say, Shaft, Shaft is the sequel to Shaft, Shaft. which was a sequel to Shaft. <laughs> And Shaft which goes to It's going to get the Shaft at the box office. Seriously. Yeah, perhaps. It, it, the Shaft. movie is not without its laughs, but it, it just doesn't know what it wants to be. Does Shaft. it want to be a, a satire yeah. on uh, like like bringing the 70s Shaft into, into the current world? And does he fit in? Which that would have been great had they stuck to that. Does it want to be a buddy comedy, cop comedy? Um, it's just a little bit all over the map, but there are still some good performances in it, and it, it's not without laughs. It's okay. It's okay. Shaft. It's the week of okay. Shaft. Shaft. Sorry, in the original, I did interject everything. I And the Shaft theme is is used liberally. Shaft. Uh, it's really funny. <laughs> a liberal shafting. Shaft. Fantastic. A liberal Shaft. Shafting. Shaft the lips. What is the terrible yeah. tagline for this movie? It has a terrible tagline. It is very, oh, it's it like, is if, you, if you can't like handle one shaft, can you handle two? Yeah, right. something like that. Well, like, I suggest you don't Google that at work, <laughs> especially without safe. It's really terrible. The person who plays uh, his son, his Shaft. last name's Usher, he's actually pretty funny. Is he Shaftet? <laughs> yes. Mini Shaft? Shaft Junior. Shaft Junior. Little Shaft. Little Shaft. Okay. Uh, Zeno Hour, I asked in the... More in, in... Shaft than you can handle. Oh. oh. Take Mother's Day. Um, okay, so Zeno Hour oh. asking in the chat, I asked, uh, what are you going to go and see this weekend? Uh, Skunk Cape, I'm going to see Godzilla, King of the Monsters. <laughs> you can arrive late, you'll get plenty of seats. No, it's, it's uh, fine. Zeno Hour, Simon, is nothing an option? Yes, Zeno, it is, because this is a free country. I would stay, say stay home and watch Murder Mystery, honestly. Okay, Jenna James, not sure yet, probably Godzilla. I wait on MIB and Shaft. MIB, Shaft! Uh, okay, let's talk about MIB. We've got uh, we got five minutes left on the show. We started a bit late this week. Uh, apologies for that. Uh, okay, so uh, National Lampoon's uh, Men in Black International Space Vacation. Um, I have to say, this year the summer has been... Been, uh, packed with blockbusters that have really Bad. underwhelmed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Really underwhelmed. Some are franchise continuations, some are franchise revivals, and the box office is showing for that. Um, okay, so Many Black International uh, got to see this earlier this week um, at a uh, it certainly wasn't in the biggest screening room I've been to at the AMC. So I think they kind of knew exactly what the reaction was going to get. This, for me, the biggest problem with this movie was the fact that we talked about earlier when, when Anthony was on the line um, about, you know, people make comparisons with Will Smith and, and Tommy Lee and also with uh, with, with Brolin in, in uh, Men in Black 3. Um, it's almost impossible to not make some sort of comparison. And I would just say that even though Hemsworth and Thompson really worked well together in Rag rock in here they have nothing near the same amount of chemistry and nowhere near the affectionate sort of sizzle and and friction that 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 made smith and jones work so well also there's heavily relies on cgi which a lot Mm -hmm. of the times just doesn't look good um, the story is is a retread of basically the first movie, and it's not exciting enough. There's lots of stuff going on, but really, it ju- you just don't care about anybody in the movie. And the ending I saw, which I won't spoil, but unless you're an absolute fucking rock, you'll guess, um, was just weak. The whole thing was... Re- all the ingredients were there to make this cake, and and the whole thing just didn't 
taste right. You know, um, the only saving graces in this movie for me uh, were Kamel mm-hmm. um, as, as like an ancillary character buddy in this, um, and also uh, Emma Thompson. Um, oh, the rest yeah. of it for me, it really was a bust. Scott, you on this? I did not see it. Ah, no. you of I... course. That's mm-hmm. right. You weren't there with this, were you? No, no. Uh, Dimitri, no. you saw life this. happens. I, I liked it life finds than a way. Um, like not. Shift. I thought it was okay. <laughs> I, I thought it was okay, and I, I, didn't make I, I did find I did find I did find. Uh, well, I Mediocre. love Tessa Thompson. I thought Tessa Thompson really was was very good in this. She, she seemed to be very giddy uh, in, in approaching this role. I liked their chemistry together. Shit. I do think that the story I found it to be flat. It, it definitely was missing that that zany Sonnenfeld feel to it. Uh, and even though F. Gary Gray is directed like uh, the last Fast and Furious movie, mm-hmm. you figure that he would be great. None of that pace and, and, no, and sizzle and that's excitement. what surprised me the most in None this of movie. Them. I thought I'd see that more. I really enjoyed Emma Thompson. I wanted more of her in it. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson's in this movie for about 10 minutes. I felt really underutilized and eh, yeah. you know. And like she was at a fancy dress party. Yeah, exactly. It yeah. Be in this movie for a few minutes. Yeah. But ultimately, if you're going to go... There was it, never enough. <laughs> never, never. never. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> We um I I didn't dislike it as much as you did. I thought it was okay. I would go for like I said, I would go for Thompson, um Hemsworth and Pawnee. Pawnee I really enjoyed. Yeah. I like Yeah, him. it was fine. Uh so so generally I think it's kind of it's like meh in black. Right, I, I think week. this is the perfect listen, I, I I didn't see the movie, but I just want to make a statement. Here's my opinion. <laughs> Here's my opinion. People. You should be on, should listen, be on Twitter. More. Listen, yeah, I know. I have not seen a movie, I but I have an opinion. I could tell people what to do, like a lot of other people. Um, <laughs> anywho, my suggestion is: if you're getting tired of these remakes, reimaginings, yeah. and you hear a movie like this, if you're not 100 percent sold on it yourself, if you feel on the fence, this is a perfect time to tell studios: don't go see it. Watch it when it comes out on Blu-ray yeah. or streaming. That's what I would recommend because showing them that a movie like this not going to work, they'll stop and potentially do an original idea. Talking of original ideas on a franchise, Toy Story 4, we haven't had time to talk about this week. Oh, my God. Check out our tweets. That is seriously, that goes straight into my top three movies of the year. Yes. It is an absolutely amazing movie. We're going to review it on the show next week. Um, It's just a phenomenal movie. And seriously, if you want to know how to continue a franchise and continue upping the game as it goes through, Toy Story, believe it or not, is the franchise to look at because this new one is nothing short of fucking genius. Dimitri, who are you? Where can we find you? Uh, Dimitri Panos. Uh, you can find me here on Popcorn Talk Networks. Meet the Movie Press. You can please support me on the Twitters at Dimitri Panos. Scott Menzel. Hi, we live entertainment.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the other Scott M. Thank you for listening to me ramble today. My name is Simon Thompson. You can find me at Showbiz Simon on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you so much for watching the show. You are always, if you watch us live, you can take part in the show. We're going to take more calls in the coming weeks. So please get ready for that. If you want to support the show on Twitter, it's at Meet Movie Press. 
press a like, subscribe, go to YouTube and please tell people about the show because without you guys, without a bigger audience, there is literally no point of us doing the show and we will disappear. However, we have to disappear now. If you want a little bit more of Tomo this week, you can catch me on Collider Movie Talk, making my debut over at Collider this week on Monday afternoon at uh, three. I will see you then. Have a great week. We'll be back on Meet the Movie Press next week. Take care, everybody. Have a great Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network. We would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principals.